We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hello and welcome to Lang the Points, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm Anthony Miko. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt Lamarca. You can follow on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. Matt, how's it going? Yeah, it's going really good. This is basically Christmas week for me. You know, I've got uh, a fantasy draft on Thursday, the big Lindy fantasy draft on Friday, which uh, is still like easily the most competitive league I I play in, even though, you know, it's me, you and a bunch of our friends from high school, like literally everyone in that league is out for blood. So it's just awesome. I love that draft every year. Uh, playing a little golf tomorrow, so all in all, a really good week for the kid. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, the, it's like no matter how much like DFS I play or like these other leagues I play in, like the Lindy is just it's just the best. Like you just have to win it. You have to try to win it. Um, Even though I've commissioned the league for like we're probably running on over a decade now that we've done it seriously, I still have yet to win. I've had the best team in the regular season a couple times, but have never been able to take it home in the playoffs, which is obviously disappointing for me. Does uh does Kevin ever win in the league? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> no, I don't. Th- uh, maybe he does get one at one point, but I uh, feel like he gets one. Yeah, yeah. I know that was like the running joke for a while. 
Well, I think uh, I think your time is coming. I hope so, man. I'm I'm friggin' due. <laughs> Gambler's fallacy at work. I said you guys posted something about that at, at ten. <laughs> this is funny. Um, a quick reminder to all of you out there: you can support the Road of His Radio Network. We have ten shows per week. You can just support us on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Road of His Live, our weekly Sunday morning show, which answers all of your fantasy questions. Uh, we had the first one this past week. I think it went really, really well. Patronships start at just five dollars per month and provide exclusive access to RV Live. So you get four shows per month on top of the 40 podcasts that you're already getting for just $5. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today. Join the exclusive community of listeners, access to premium content, and of course, just you know, do your part in helping the network grow, helping to continue to provide you know, high-quality, industry-leading programming, which is, of course, an unbiased take. Yeah. Uh, it's, speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get a 30% off discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass right now. It's available through the podcast homepage, rotaviz.com slash podcast. NFL is right around the season. So make sure you get that right now. If you're drafting anytime soon, like we are, uh, you definitely want that Rotoviz pass. So today we're going to wrap up our NFL win totals. We talked NFC last week. This week we'll be discussing the AFC, uh, which is, in my opinion, the less entertaining conference. Really? Uh, uh, yeah. I, I think the I, AFC is more. I'm down in, on the AFC. I think the AFC is more entertaining, in my opinion. Like, Obviously, you've got the Pats who we'll talk about, but like the AFC West and the AFC South to me are are really intriguing divisions. Yeah, I probably I, I probably bad phrasing because I I do think it'll be very very competitive. I'm just not positive that like many of these teams are very very good compared okay. to the NFC. Uh, but yeah, we'll start with the Patriots. All these lines, of course, are courtesy of my bookie. Pats are at an eleven game win projection, which is, uh, I think, a little low. It's actually come down. I'm pretty sure it was 11.5 when it opened. The over is minus 120. The under is plus 100. Matthew, AFC reigning defending champions. Who do you think of them? Yeah, so uh, the Patriots are really, like, just a license to print money. <laughs> There's really no other way to look at it. Um, and, and it blows my mind because you would think the Patriots would be such a public team, right? Like, Mm-hmm. You would think that their spreads would be inflated, their win totals would be inflated, but it just doesn't matter. So I looked at the numbers. Since 2003, they're 144, 88, and 5 against the spread. That's good for a ROI of 21.8%. That's ridiculous. It's lit. It's ridiculous. They haven't had a single losing season against the spread over that time frame. So if you just blindly bet the Pats every week, since 2003, you would be up money every single season. And they've won at least 12 games in each of the past eight years. So, in my opinion, if you're going to take the under on the Patriots, I think you need a pretty darn good reason. And I can't think of one. They're going to be favored right now, it looks like, in 15 of 16 games. Lone ex- uh, exception is they are a one-point dog at Pittsburgh. Uh, their other two games, Green Bay and Minnesota, both of them are at home. Um, they do play Jacksonville on the road, which I suppose could be a tough game, but they, they're still in the AFC East last time I checked, which Correct. should be at least five wins and probably six. Uh, they have one of the two easy, easiest schedules in football, maybe the easiest schedule in football. Uh, Tom Brady looked good in the preseason. You know, I know he's 41 years old, but I think that guy is still going to be able to get it done. So with all that in mind, I am taking the over. I don't see any reason why 
this is the year that the Patriots fall off. Yeah, complete smash bet. I mean, especially since we get a push on 11. Like, I really don't see them winning less than 11. Um, and you you mentioned all the numbers. Like, I don't even really think that there's much to repeat. Like, I guess people are concerned about maybe the receiver situation. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like they were in a pretty suboptimal spot last year. They were basically at the worst defense in football for the first, first like, two months. And, uh, you know, they still won a bunch of – they still won, you know, over 12 games. Like, they still would have covered this. So, I uh, – I don't really see the rationale to going under. Uh, I will be blindly betting the Patriots maybe then this year also, since I, that's really interesting. I didn't know that, that they were just so productive against the spread. It's mind boggling. Like I said, man, like you just think that the spreads would be so inflated, but they're not. I mean, if this is the year that I actually do blind bet the Patriots, you can basically lock them up to have their first losing ATS season. But right. yeah, I think, I think I'm doing it too, man. Like the, the, the numbers just, are too juicy. Um, and as far as the receiver thing goes, like, uh, does that really matter? Like, he still has Gronk. And outside of Randy Moss, like, has he ever had a good receiver? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely doesn't matter to me. Like, I, he could throw he could throw to anyone. Like, he could throw to Cordero Patterson this year and, and be really productive. It doesn't really matter. And, and they still have Gronk, like you said. Right. And he's going to turn Philip Dorsett into, like, discount Brandon Cooks. I'm fully ready for that. Yeah. Like, Edelman will be back. It's only four games without him. And, you know, I I think a lot of people really like Chris Hogan, myself included. So I'm not worried about the weapons. They still will involve the running backs, maybe even more this season, catching passes out of the backfield. So, yeah, Pats it is. Love. Uh, another team that I know I've supported a lot on this pod, Steelers, their win totals at 10. The over minus 140. Under is plus 120. Uh, what do you think of Pittsburgh, Matt? This one's closer for me, but I'm going to go over as well. They've gone over their win total in four straight years, despite the fact that they can be an adventure on the road at times. Um, their defense is better than people think, particularly against the pass. Seventh in DVOA against the pass game, led the league with 56 sacks. And I know they were awful against the run, but I really don't think that matters. Like, is that a, is that a hot take? that run defense really doesn't matter. Like you can only beat. I, I think that's accurate. Uh, you can only be beat so bad on the ground. So as long as you can limit the damage through the air, I really don't care about the rest of the stuff. And obviously offensively, they should just be a juggernaut. You know, they added James Washington, who I personally was saying before the draft is the best rookie receiver um, going into the draft. And, you know, they were a top three type unit last year. Le'Veon Bell should be full, ready to go. But even if not, James Conner has kind of shown that he might be able to provide, you know, some value. But again, we're fully expecting Le'Veon back. Antonio Brown still the goat receiver in the game right now, and and Juju is, you know, maybe one of the best number twos. So uh, no reason I think to to doubt what the Steelers can do this season. Yeah, and I actually think, I mean, again, this is this has been my thing for a while. So maybe I'm biased, but I kind of think that the home road stuff is going to come to an end this year because um, I'm starting to think that some of it may be Haley. Like the, the home road splits for Roethlisberger in particular have been the most extreme uh, in Haley's tenure as the offensive coordinator. And uh, like I think if you look at like the the events that have transpired, like pretty much him and, and Roethlisberger like didn't get along at all. Right. And they fired Haley and, and just replaced him with the guy that's 
been like either an offensive assistant or like Roethlisberger's position coach, like a guy that's been with the Steelers for like the last 10 years. And that guy has already said, uh, Fitchner, I think his name is, he's already come out and said that this is like, Ben's going to have the keys to the offense. There's going to be a lot of no huddle, a lot of yep. shotgun. So like, to me that, that means more passing. And when I think more passing, I think more wins, yep. especially when you consider the weapons that they have. So, uh, I'm definitely going with a strong over here. The, you know, the Steelers won 13 games last year. They were a couple wins over expectation based on Pythagorean wins. But I think that the scoring will be up this year uh, and will uh, level some of that out. So I, I really like the Steelers. I think they're going to compete big time this year. I'll still be looking to fade them when they're big favorites on the road because I love a good conspiracy. And apparently the Roonies made a lot of their money in gambling. So, uh, Ooh. you know, I, I might think that maybe there's some shaving going on there. But, uh, yeah, that again, like, yeah, I think we're in agreement that their offense should should really uh, cover up any holes that this team really has. Breaking news: Matt, Matt Lamarca, Action Network's Matt Lamarca breaks that uh, the Rooneys are shaving points. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Chargers, probably the unluckiest team in all of football, uh, but they do have a win total of nine. Over is minus one fifty. Under is plus one thirty. I mean, they've already lost a couple of really talented players, Matt. But uh, you know, Vegas, the Lions still think that this team will compete. What say you? This is a really tough one for me. You say unlucky. I say poorly coached. Um, sure. If you look at what they did in the first, you know, eight or nine weeks of the season, it's really hard to justify uh, why their current coaching staff still has a job. They basically just pounded Melvin Gordon on first down and second down um, w- way too often, especially in tight games. Uh, he was the worst running back in the league on first down, 2.9 yards per carry. And they just continue to feed him the rock. Then they got in a position where they were down in games and the passing uh, offense would, would try to bring them back. But it was just too, too little too late. They rectified that after their bye. Uh, you know, so it's interesting to see how they start the year this season. But I just don't trust the coaching staff. Um, the Hunter Henry injury in particular, I think, could be huge for their offense. They were 7-1. and one when Henry received at least five targets last season, 0-6 when he didn't. Uh, they're going to need someone else in the offense to step up, maybe Mike Williams. You know, Maybe we see more Tyrell Williams this year, but uh, they're going to need somebody other than Keenan Allen. I would love to see more tosses and, and uh, you know passes to Austin Eckler out of the backfield, but you know we'll see if they choose to relinquish some of Melvin's workload who they really seem to like, despite the fact that he's basically the worst high-volume running back in the league. So uh, given that I don't trust their coaching staff to do any of those things, I'm going to say under, uh, especially given the juice. But I do think that talent-wise, this team is is clearly better than a nine-win team. Yeah, I mean, they added Derwin James in the offseason. He's been really talent. He's been really good for them. I think a lot of people have kind of thought that they... Uh, I think a lot of people think that they have like the best secondary in the league, which may still be true even after losing Verrett. Um, in terms of Pythagorean wins, they were very unlucky last year, two wins roughly under expectation, uh, and they won nine games. So uh, I agree with you about the Gordon thing. Like I, I'm pretty sure I read a report a couple weeks ago saying they want to get him more touches in the receiving in the passing game, which is like a weird to me. Like he's fine, I guess, as a receiver, but like Eckler is. Uh, like really good so <laughs> yeah I, I would love if they could just get it to the better guy um but they're pretty committed here we'll see what ha- 
happens with Mike Williams. I was not a believer as a prospect. He missed all of last season, but if they don't have like a real tight end and, and even if they bring back like Gates, they probably don't have a real tight end. Um, you know, Williams is going to have to do a lot of the big boy stuff in the red zone. So that's, that's definitely a big swing spot for them. Uh, I'm still going to go over just because I, I, I do think that they'll score enough points. And I think that the defense, I'm just a really big believer in their defense this year. Um, great pass but, rush, great secondary, yeah. like you said. Yeah. Bosa, Ingram, a lot of really good players. Um, but there's definitely like some big games on the schedule that they're going to have to win. Like they, they have to, they're going to have to win like one of these games, uh, against maybe not like, like Pittsburgh and the Rams who they play, but you know, like San Francisco, they have to be like, they have to split at least with Kansas city. They got to split with that. You know what I mean? Like they can't, they can't lose a bunch of division games and the division I think is pretty good. So, uh, I am going to go over, but I definitely understand your reservation. Yeah, if they if they had fired Jaguars. Anthony Lynn, I'd be much more in on them. <laughs> that's that's. I think it. that's fair. Yeah. You, you, I mean, what? Who am I if not someone that demeans professional coaches? <laughs> um, <laughs> Jaguars win total is, lies at nine. Over is minus one thirty five. Under plus one fifteen. What do you got on the Shags? Yeah, I guarantee we're going to disagree here. Um, <laughs> the Jaguars are a team that feels like they're due for a regression, and. If their schedule was different, I, I would be banking on some regression, but they've just got one of the juiciest schedules in football. Um, the AFC South in particular, they get the AFC East and the NFC East, which could be six wins, should be five wins, I would say. Um, and, and that's almost getting you to nine right there. In particular for the Jaguars, what I like is that they're, they are expected to face a really easy rushing schedule which plays into exactly what they want to do on offense. If they can get leads using their run game, their defense should be a monster once again. Best pass defense in the league per DVOA, second in sacks. Uh, I think that it's just a really good situation for them to sort of do what they want to do best, which is lean on their defense, lean on Leonard Fournette. And uh, I think they're going to get to nine again at least. So I'm going to take it over here. So we actually agree here. Oh, um, interesting. I uh, I did not realize that you thought I would be anti Jaguars. Um, I think that's a but, trendy underpick. I would imagine Jaguars under. I could see that. Yeah. I, I mean, for, first of all, like a month ago, this was at eight, and uh, you definitely wanted to bet that when it was at eight on my bookie. Um, it's at nine now, and I I still think it's worth betting. I mean, they won ten games last year. If you look at their Pythagorean win expectation, it was 12.57. Wow. So they were shorted, you know, a couple wins last year. Now, obviously. <laughs> That's a border uh, stack the right defense. there. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, 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 the, uh, uh, maybe the defense isn't quite as good. I mean, it would be really difficult, I guess, to repeat how good they were last year. But, but like you said, the schedule was really, really easy. Uh, the AFC, the Patriots and the Eagles are the only teams in the AFC East and the NFC East that are projected to finish over 500 yep. based on the win totals. So that's, that's really, really simple. Um, and they signed Andrew Norwell in free agency. Like he's an elite level guard. And like you said, like it gets back to like kind of what their identity is. Like, I, do I think it's the best identity? No. Uh, like I, obviously I, I like teams that throw the ball. I think that that's kind of like a proven way to win, but when your defense is that good and you know, like to their credit, they're at least like, building in the pieces around what they want to do, not just like doing things willy nilly. So 
I uh, I agree. I, I think Jags over is a, a sharp bet. The Texans, and I think this is a popular team, eight and a half win total over is minus 135, under plus 115. Uh, I mean, are you buying Deshaun Watson? Are you buying the offense? Are you buying the health of the defense? Yeah, Lots this, of questions. This is another really tough one, but again, given the schedule, I think you're going to need a good reason to go under on the AFC South teams this year. So I'm going to go over here. It starts with Watson, right? Like if he can do what he did as a rookie, extrapolated over 16 games, they're going to be one of the best teams in football. You never want to overreact to a small sample size, but you know, like the, the pieces are there and they have the potential to be a dominant offense if he can do what he did. Uh, the defense, if they get JJ Watt and Whitney Merciless back, add those two guys to Jadavian Clowney. They should be uh, a really good unit there as well. That would be a ferocious, uh, a ferocious group of pass rushers. So I'm going to go with uh, the over here. If you look at the Jaguars, they get the same schedule as them, but instead of the Steelers and Chiefs, they get the Broncos and Browns. So uh, the Browns Swag. in particular should be a, an easy win compared to the Steelers. So I'm going to go with the over on the Texans. Yeah, this is really tough for me because I... I honestly thought that this number would be a little higher for Houston. I was kind of paying them as being at nine. And at nine, I'd really, really consider under. Yeah. At eight and a half, I'm really torn because I I, I actually respect the AFC South. Like, I think the Jaguars are good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Tennessee will be better. And I think the Colts with luck will be better. So I think this is going to be like a really competitive division. Uh, but the rest of the schedule, as you said, and as you said with, with Jacksonville, very, very easy. So I think based on that, you probably have to go over. I mean, I am still I am still skeptical about their offensive production because I think that what they did last year is really in no way sustainable. Yeah. Um, and, and Watson did still throw like a bunch of interceptions while he was like carving up the, the league. So, I, you know, I, I think that he is going to come crashing down a little bit. Um, I think that anyone that kind of like, I guess knows him or has followed him for a long time, believes that he'll figure it out, which I think is reasonable. He's basically been a winner his whole career. Uh, you know, going back to college, obviously. So I, uh, I will take the over, uh, but I am not, this is probably one of the ones I feel least comfortable with. I think that's fair. Chiefs. Yeah. Kansas city chiefs, home of Andy Reid, home of Patrick Mahomes, the goat eight (laughs) win, eight win total over is minus minus one forty five. Under is plus 125. Go. Yeah, see, for for me, the Chiefs are kind of like what the Texans are to you. I think this is a really tough one. Mm. If it was eight and a half, I think I would certainly go under. Um, Eight makes it tougher. But I think I'm still going to take the under here. Um, And the big reason why is that I think Alex Smith, as a real quarterback, is like pretty criminally underrated. You know, he may not be sexy, for fantasy football, he doesn't put up the gout, the gaudy statistics. And I think that kind of, um, you know, manifests in our brains that he's not a good quarterback. But if you look at what he does, the guy just wins ball games. He's got the second lowest interception rate in the league over the past five seasons. He threw just five picks last year. And the Chiefs were markedly better in games where they won the turnover battle, not surprising, and where Smith didn't throw a pick. So if you factor in that Mahomes is going to be a little bit looser with the football, which, 
you know, even if he's league average as an, as a, an interceptor, like that's still going to be double the rate what you've seen from Alex Smith. Like that's going to be a big deal because the Chiefs defense is not good. Um, their defense is bad. And if the offense takes any sort of a step back this year, I think they're going to struggle to, to hit over eight wins. Um, so obviously Mahomes is a talent. We'll see what that actually plays out to on the field. I still love him for fantasy football, but I think sometimes we, we let the line between fantasy and real football get a little bit too blurred. I think it's very possible that he has, you know, a big fantasy season, but the Chiefs take a step back in terms of actual wins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you know, I love Mahomes as well. Um, and I, I'm not even really like super worried about the offense because I think that, I think that, like the overall product, like, uh, like compilation of talent is still really, really high there at the skill positions. Like, I'm not, I'm not crazy worried about them scoring points. It's just the defense is just so bad. And like Eric Berry is coming off an Achilles injury. He is like the one linchpin for their whole defense. Like when he plays, they are so much better because he's just he covers so much ground on the field. He's he's versatile. Um, and the Chiefs' schedule for me is a little rough, especially in the beginning. Uh, I think you mentioned on the last show like something to be said for like starting off well or starting off poorly. Like the Chiefs could definitely start off poorly. Like they play they open with uh, at the Chargers at Pittsburgh uh, at at home against the Niners, at Denver, at home against Jacksonville, at New England. That's wow. a really, really tough six-game stretch. Yeah, that's brutal. Uh, uh, after that, obviously, it does loosen up. But over the last 10 games, they still have to play uh, the Chargers again, Denver again, the Rams. Uh, so it's not like they have like a, a super easy schedule the rest of the way. It's, it's definitely much easier. But uh, still some tough games in there. So... Uh, if you look at like the nine or 10 games that they play that are pretty tough, it's just like a lot to ask of a team with a, with a young quarterback. Um, but the total is at eight, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) eight just feels so light to me. Like I, I would, I would like under at eight and a half. Maybe I, I, I might take under a nine. I think on eight, I'm still going over, but I, I really am just staying away from this. Like I feel almost the same as, I feel about the Houston one. Like, I just feel very, very unconfident because they could, I mean, they, if Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes could be bad. Like if he's bad, then it, the whole thing is just fucked. Yeah. And if he's good, the defense still stinks. And there's a lot that needs to be kind of figured out on that side of the ball. So uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not really too pleased with this. Ravens also at eight, a lot of eight win totals in the AFC uh, over is my minus minus one forty five. Under is plus 125 with the Ravens. Yeah, this obviously it all comes down to the QB play for the Ravens. If you look at the rest of their roster, it is super talented. Um, I think their defense kind of got shortchanged last year because, you know, of what the Jaguars did. But the Ravens D is very good. Um, They basically stole Alex Collins after Seattle chose to cut him for no reason. And <laughs> he turned out to be a really good running back. He was one of the best running backs in the league. If you look at rushing production versus like expected rushing production, um, the Ravens offensive line was not good and they faced a really tough schedule, but Collins still balled out. So, you know, I think that the pieces are there. Um, the reaving, the receiving court should be better. You know, they spent some money on Michael Crabtree. They brought in John Brown, Willie Sneed. 
They drafted two tight ends during the NFL draft. The big question is, what are they going to get from the quarterback position? And if you look at Joe Flacco's numbers last year, they are terrifying. Uh, only Brian <laughs> Hoyer and Deshaun Kaiser had a worse DVOA when not pressured last season. Um, that said, I think I am going to buy the Ravens here for a few, for a few reasons. One, I think the offensive line should be better. Uh, no team lost more games due to injury last season on their offensive line than the Ravens. You know, Marshall Yanda in particular was like a huge blow to them. Uh, with a healthier unit, I think they're going to be much better at protecting the quarterback. And if they can, you know, provide better blocking for Collins, I think the sky is the limit for that dude. The second factor is Lamar Jackson. You know, if Flacco doesn't play well again, at least they have another recourse this year. They can pull the trigger on him, you know, uh, hand it off to Jackson, the former Heisman winner. And it all comes down to this, in my opinion. Like, the Ravens won nine games last season, despite the quarterbacking, despite all of their injuries. So I think that their ceiling is much higher than an eight-win team. I actually, uh, the more I think about it, the more I like the over on this team. Yeah, and uh, to your point about uh, their production last year, they obviously were a nine-win team. They had an 11-win total based on Pythagorean wins. Oh, baby. So this was a good team last year. Um, and they haven't changed a ton of the personnel. Obviously, they'll be without Jimmy Smith uh, for the first four games, pretty sure, due to suspension. Yep. But I- I'm just not – I mean, look who they open with. The, the the Bills, the Bengals, Denver. At Pittsburgh is tough, but at Pittsburgh is going to be tough anyway. Yep. So I'm not, I'm not like, super hurting their win total because of the game they probably lose anyway. Um, and the rest of the schedule really isn't that bad. They don't play any of, like, the top teams we mentioned. They don't play um, – Outside of Pittsburgh, obviously, they don't play the Patriots. They don't play uh, the Niners. They don't play the Vikings. They don't play the Rams. Like, they don't play any of these really, really good teams. They they will play, like, probably, I'm sure, in some very competitive games. But uh, I like over here for Baltimore as well. The Tennessee Titans, home of Mari Goda, home of Matt LaFleur. Eight win total. Over is minus 125, under plus 105. Another tough one, Matt. I, I, all these eight win totals, I think, are really tough to, to prognosticate. But what do you think? This was a really hard one for me. Um, I wanted to say under. I think that a lot of people are making the classic mistake of, okay, Mike Malarkey is gone, so automatically the offense is going to, you know, soar this year. We don't know if Matt Lafleur is good. You know, like obviously the offense that he ran last season was phenomenal. But how much of that was him? How much of that was Sean McVay? You know, there there really is no way to know until he actually does it. But I think people are going, okay, well, you know, they made the playoffs last year. They have a clear upgrade at coaching staff. Like, they should make the playoffs again or at least have a good season. Like, I think that's classic uh, bad line of thinking. The The reason I am going to say over again, and I hate to sound like a broken record here, is the schedule. You know, they're they're in the same <laughs> division as the Jaguars and the same division as the Texans. So uh, I like them to go over. It all comes down to Mariota. He regressed badly last season, um, down in virtually every category again, across the board. He needs to have a better season. Um, I, I do think their run game is going to improve. You know, even though Malarkey sort of, wanted to go quote-unquote exotic smash mouth 
Their offense was subpar running the football last season if you remove the Mariota QB runs. So I think they're going to be better without DeMarco Murray. I think they will be better in a more balanced offense where, you know, the defenses don't know that they're going to look to try and pound the ball down their throat. So uh, I'm going to give a hesitant over here, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I mean, again, the schedule is soft. Like you said, um, the tough teams that they play, I mean, obviously they have to play Jacksonville twice, uh, which is tough. Uh, Houston, I, I guess we think will be pretty tough. They are at home against Philly, uh, at home against New England. So those are really, I would say, the hardest games in the schedule. Uh, they also play on the road at, at the Chargers. So like they do play like five or six tough games still, but the repeatability of the opponents like kind of makes it so that you'd imagine they split a little bit maybe with one, you know, at least Houston, you hope that they split. Um, one interesting nugget about Tennessee, and I'm not really sure that this applies, that even matters because of the coaching change, but, uh, you know, nine games last year, but their Pythagorean win total was only 7.25. So they did get a little, little lucky, like for a team that, uh, we kind of just assumed the coach was the root of most of their problems. They, they did get pretty lucky uh, in terms of points scored points allowed. So, uh, some of that stuff might cancel out in terms of the coaching change. Um, but I am a Mariota believer, as you know. And therefore, it would be completely off-brand for me to say under. So I will say over. Let's talk a little bit about my bookie. I mean, we're giving you the odds here. For the win totals, you definitely want to bet those win totals. And obviously, you want to bet them at my bookie because that's those are the lines we're giving you. So uh, if you want to bet some other bookie, I'll listen to a different show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, seriously, subscribe. Sign up over at my bookie. Join us. You, know, you can bet with me and Matt, which is great. Um, and you can also join a service that's, you know, that's good to you. It's good to me. It's been good to our listeners. Uh, you make your way over to my bookie, you win, they pay, they'll pay you fast with no hassles, which is a really huge issue with a lot of these books online. Uh, you're definitely wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting. So you can place a bet after tip off and after kickoff. Join now. My bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus for using promo code laying the points. That's us laying the points. You activate the special offer. I'm sure that they'll be happy that you subscribe to the show. So they'll continue to support the show, which is good. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag. Now, we, we went through a bunch of these teams in the top half that we felt very conflicted on. I think at the bottom half, we're going to find a little bit more agreement. And we're going to start with the Raiders. Yeah, 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 over, yeah, under, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over under at eight. The over is plus 115, under minus 135. Matt, what say you? Yeah, I mean, I think we're both smashing the under here. Uh, I like the under before the rumor that Khalil Mack was going to miss some game time. Now that it sounds like that's going to happen, I think that this is a really, really strong bet. Uh, somebody on Twitter the other day I saw called Derek Carr, Joe Flacco West, and I think that's Eat. perfect. I love it. <laughs> He's just so pedestrian, but... Like Joe Flacco, he's now being paid like one of the best quarterbacks in the league, uh, which is just an awful formula. Like mediocre quarterback plus top quarterback salary equals bad things. Like that's that's pretty much the proven formula. Um, the Ravens have kind of been able to work around that because Ozzie Newsom is a wizard, a wizard, but I don't think anybody uh, on the Raiders staff is going to be confused with Ozzie Newsom anytime soon. I'm definitely out on John Gruden as a coach, despite the fact that he's making 
$100 million over the next 10 years. What a heist. Um, you know, he, he can buy a lot of Coronas with that money. He can fund the fired football <laughs> coaches of Academy of America for a few years, I think. So, yeah, football's changed a lot since he was here. Uh, I'm selling all my John Gruden stock, and I'm selling the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a complete no-brainer. Like, I, I feel like, and by the way, this was at 9, like a month ago. Like, the John Gruden bump, the almost, almost Vegas Raiders bump, <laughs> the overrated young QB bump, all the bumps have gone to Oakland. And, uh, like, I just think they are, like, the definition of a public team. But they're old. They, you know, all their big moves have been to bring in old guys, Jordy Nelson, Doug Martin. If you look at, like, the old Gruden offenses and listen to some of the stuff that he's been saying, like, this seems like a team that's going to run the football more than it should. That's usually bad. Uh, and the AFC West, I think, is pretty tough. Yep. And all these teams are projected to win at least nine games. Uh, sorry, seven games. Um we obviously like the Chargers. We were, we were haggling over the Chiefs. I think we'll talk about Denver and we'll like them too. Like, this is pretty tough. It's really hard to see where the four win increase is coming for them off of, of last, or sorry, three win increase is coming off of last season. Uh, and that's what you need to hit the over. Like, I, I, I'm just not, I'm not really buying any of this. The Raiders just seem like all smoke and mirrors at this point. I'm not really into it. The Broncos. Let's get to a, a a hashtag good football team. Seven win total over minus 160, under plus 140. What do you got? Yeah, this is an over for me. And quite frankly, it wouldn't surprise me if they won the division. Uh, I'm that high on the Broncos. And I think I will have some exposure to them to win the division. Uh, their pass rush wasn't nearly as dominant last year as it was in 2016. But they should hopefully get better production this year with Bradley Chubb opposite Von Miller. Uh, if they can get back to sacking the quarterback at a high rate, this defense could be, you know, right up there with the best units in football. The bigger questions are on offense, but Keenum is a clear upgrade over Trevor, Trevor Simeon. Uh, Simeon's numbers were just ass last year. And uh, Simeon, uh, I'm sorry, Keenum has shown that he can be a good game manager with good weapons. And I think that's what he has in Denver, you know, Sanders and Thomas, while they're not going to blow anybody away at this point in their careers, I think they're still both, you know, uh, decent receivers. They have to be considered one of the better one-two punches in the league. And I know that we both love Royce Freeman. He balled out in the preseason, which is not surprising to me. Uh, I think that this offense can be, you know, league average or better. And when you pair that with an elite defense, I think that's a good formula for wins. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm not going to say he's Lev Bell, but Royce Freeman reminds me a lot of Lev Bell. Like, I think he's really, really good. Uh, the, my only real, and I agree with you on the defense. Obviously, the, the pieces are still here for them to be an elite defense. My, my only real uh, qualm with them, like, I really, really wish that this was a team that was going to run more of a spread offensive attack because I do think that they have the weapons i mean keenum is obviously an accomplished spread quarterback dating back to when he was at houston uh and they have i mean they roll three or four deep at wide receiver depending on what you think of their rookies yeah and and freeman obviously at oregon played out of the spread so like this is like an offense that screams spread personnel but the coaching staff seems pretty into like running the football so i'm i'm, I'm mad about that i'm hoping that they find uh 
they find what what true offensive goodness is is all about at some point this season. Um, but uh, you know the pieces I think regardless are probably still there to beat a seven win total. Uh, so I will go over. If they get, by the way, like you talk about them potentially winning the division, like that's like that's the that's the the key for me. Like if they go spread and they throw the ball a lot more, I think that they will win the they you know they will be in a really good spot to win the division. But I think the seven, I think the seven is a good bet either way. Uh, Bengals six and a half win total. Over is minus one ninety. Under plus one sixty. What do we make of the natty? This is this is another one that is uh, that I've gone back and forth on. Uh, because I do think that Cincinnati uh, underperformed last year at seven and nine. I think that offensively, in particular, they sh- they're a better team than they showed. You know, I know Andy Dalton's not great, but if you look at their pieces, they have enough to get it done. You know, like Joe Mixon uh, disappointed a bit as a rookie, but I think that you know things are pointing up for him. They have uh, a talented group of pass catchers, especially if Tyler Eifert can actually stay on the friggin' football field. I know that's a lot to ask, Tyler Eifert, but maybe play like half the games this year. Um, so like, I want to like the Bengals, but then I look at their schedule and it's just brutal. They're only expected to be favored in three games this year as of right now. Wow. Yeah. They just have a really, really tough schedule. I mean, I don't want to bore you. Uh, guys, too much, but away Indy, home Baltimore, away Carolina, away Falcons, home Dolphins, home Steelers, away Chiefs, home Bucks, bye. Home Saints, away Baltimore, home Cleveland, home Denver, away Chargers, home Oakland, away Browns, away Pittsburgh. So, like, obviously, you've got the two matchups with Cleveland, you've got Oakland, you've got the Dolphins. And the Bucks and the Colts. Like, to me, those are winnable games, but they're going to have to win all of them, basically. Because, <laughs> like, I don't see them really squeaking out any of their other games, especially the tougher ones that they have on the road. So I'm going to go under here, uh, but I, I do kind of like them for fantasy as an aside. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the Bengals for fantasy for sure. I think that offensively they'll be a lot better. They made some big upgrades on the offensive line. They traded for Cordy Glenn. They drafted Billy Price, the center from Ohio State. He has not allowed a, uh, a pressure all preseason. So the, the offensive line, I think, will be a lot better, which is obviously huge. Um, you know, the sack rate on Andy Dalton has been really high the last couple of years. So they'll score. But the defense, I think, is pretty terrible. And the schedule is really obviously terrible. And those are two rather large problems, I would say, <laughs> uh, when you're you're trying to bet a win total. Now, the other thing here is just the juice. I mean, minus 190 on an over, that has an implied probability of about 66%. Uh, I do not think that two out of every three times you run this schedule that the Bengals are going to hit the over. Like, that's that's just a lot of confidence to lay. Uh, I would much rather just take the plus money and, uh, and go under. Colts, also a Six and a half win total. Their over is also high, minus one eighty five, under plus one sixty five. Uh, I mean, luck is back, Matt. What do we think of the Colts? Yeah, I mean, I've taken the over on every other team in the division, so I feel like I have to take the under on the Colts. But I don't feel great about it. You know, if Luck is healthy, he could win the division for all we know. Like he he is that good a player, but the rest of the team is just bad. 
you know, like outside of, <laughs> outside of T.Y. Hilton and uh, maybe the, the rookie lineman that they drafted. I don't know if they have another good player on the offense and the defense is just trash. It's been trash for basically my entire life. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I think me, Luck is going to have to work some miracles. And given that he hasn't played football in a long time, he might be rusty. He might have to shake some things off. So I, I'm going to take a tentative under here. So my hesitance on a team like Houston is affording me the opportunity here to go over. And I like I know that the team is very, very bad, but I just think that there's a lot of uh I don't know. Like there's just there's obviously a lot of juice in the quarterback position, right? Is that fair to say? Uh just super important. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look at if you look at what right, and if you look at what the Colts have done under luck, like I I don't feel like this roster is like much different than a lot of the teams that they've had. They've never had a good defense. They've never had a good offensive line. They've really never had good weapons outside of T.Y. Hilton. So I, I, I don't really feel like this is a dramatically different Colts team. Uh, and the Colts have averaged nine wins with luck. If you look at the 70 games that they've played, that he has played as a Colt, uh, Indy is on a 9.4 win pace with an 8.8 Pythagorean expectation. Uh, for wins so you're getting spotted like a really good number here just based on the luck history and i mean maybe it's not fair to bank on him being like the exact same player but i just think given the schedule and just how low the win total is and how much like room for error we have uh, i feel really really good about the over yeah, if the juice was different, I might be more inclined to go over. But it's kind of the same thing, like you said, with the Bengals. Like, you really need them to, like, with the juice, it's almost more like a seven and a half win projection, which is why right, right, right. Uh, I'm ha- I'm fine going under here. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just taking out a mortgage and betting it on the over right now. Um, <laughs> with all that money, you'd still you'd make you'd make out pretty well. Uh, so another six and a halfer. I mean, we were just getting to the dregs. This is all the teams that we've targeted basically over the last two weeks. Yep. The Dolphins, six and a half win total, over minus 120, under even money. Tell me a story where the Dolphins don't, don't somehow go under here. Um, Tom Brady gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Darnold stinks and the Bills bills. Uh, no, in all seriousness, like, I think the way that I'm approaching this season and like, I think that the numbers kind of support this. Like you have the teams at the top that are really good. And then you have the teams at the bottom that are really bad. And everybody else is kind of just like average and can beat any other team on any given week. So Mm -hmm. like I'm taking the over on the high teams and the under on the low teams, like especially the Dolphins, because you're getting the hook, right? Like you're getting the half win there. If it was six, you know, you're, you're pushing at six, but if you, you know, with the Dolphins, which you don't get with the Jets and the Bills is a win at six wins, which I think is tasty. You know, like, I don't think their situation is drastically better than any of the other teams that are going to, we're going to talk about in a minute. So I like the under here, like Ryan Tannehill, uh, not good. Fair to say. Fair. And I don't see where the wins are coming from outside of the quarterback position. So yeah, give me the under. Yeah, this is for me the most mind-boggling total on the whole thing because, like, to me, the Dolphins are potentially the worst team in football. Like, they are really bad. I mean, 
I guess it's hard to say that when the Bills are in the same division and they're also <laughs> terrible. <laughs> the Bills so somehow made bit. the playoffs last year. How did that happen? I'd, I'm still trying to figure it out, but every time <laughs> I bring it up, Bills Mafia is just all over. Um, I mean, the Dolphins, uh, yes, they play the Bills and the Jets. I mean, I think the Jets are better, but they play the Bills and the Jets. But they also have to play the NFC North. You know, two teams with a 10 win total, uh, Detroit, who may get Marlon Mack, and the Bears, who are kind of like an upstart. So that's tough. Miami was one of the luckiest teams in 2017 based on Pythagorean wins. They had 1.64 more wins than expectation. Uh, and obviously, Miami was not terrific last season. Uh, they only won six games. So they were lucky to win six games last year. I feel really, really good saying that they're not going to win seven. You know, like, uh, I'm just not, like you said, I'm not really sure where the wins are coming from. And if you look at, uh, uh, like, their overall quarterback situation, like, you can make an argument that they have the worst quarterback situation. They have no real direction. Um, I mean, maybe they maybe they trade for your boy, Teddy Bridgewater. I kind of think they're, like, the best team to trade for him. But, like, Tannehill, there's just no real improvement on Tannehill versus like what they've had. Like if you look at um, since 2013, Tannehill, Cutler and Matt Moore, who are the, uh, the only other guys who have quarterback the Dolphins. Uh, Tannehill has a seven yards per attempt. Cutler also at seven, Matt Moore at 7.4 success rate. Tannehill 48%, Cutler 48%, Matt Moore 46%. Uh, I mean, really the touchdown rate, 4.4% Tannehill, 4.6% Cutler, 5.3% more. So really the only area that Tannehill is an improvement over these guys is in the turnover department. He has thrown the least percentage of picks on his past attempts. But that's that's literally it. Like I mean, the, the difference in quarterback play, I think, is pretty negligible. They've lost their two, maybe their two best players, Jarvis Landry and Adamakung Sue. Just I, I just tell me where their wins are coming. Like I would take I would take the under at six, but at six and a half, I'm I'm destroying the under. And it's even money. Like that's yep. the best part. Mm-hmm. Your Jets, Matt, at six, plus one oh five over, minus one twenty five under. I mean are we gonna get optimistic Maddie? Pessimistic Maddie? Like where are we on the Jets this year? You know me. Uh, I'm an under Jets guy. Except for last year when I thought that the hate had gone too far. You know, like last year when everybody was like, this team won't win a single game. I was like, yeah, Vegas, <laughs> Vegas is definitely going to win this bet and win all the money. And unsurprisingly, they did. This year, like, uh, the Sam Darnold hype is real, especially living in New York. Like, they are ready for Sam Darnold, baby. Like, <laughs> they are ready. But his preseason numbers uh, really were not that appealing like he had a, a, a yards per attempt of like five and a half maybe even lower than five and a half and I think that if the Jets were really playing to win the most games they would start Teddy Bridgewater or maybe even Josh McCown but you know it seems like they're pretty committed to going Donald week one so um I think that their offense is going to have some growing pains for sure the defense has a couple of good players particularly Leonard Williams but I don't think they're going to be much improved from last year's team, which was just abysmal on defense, you know? So a below average defensive unit, a below average offense, uh, playing, you know, in the AFC East, which is a weak division, but, you know, the Jets are part of the reason why it's a weak division. So 
I'm going to take the under here. I think six wins is probably their most likely outcome. But I could see a situation where they go four and 12 as well. So I, I see more of a chance that they do that than they go like eight and eight. Oh, I mean, I I feel conflicted because I like I'm not like super into the Darnold hype, but I do think that he's he like I, I do think he's pretty good. Like I like him as a prospect. Um, and like the schedule, the, I mean, they're the team that we've kind of targeted, I guess. But like when you get like three or four wins against Miami and Buffalo, it makes it a lot easier to get to six. They also play Cleveland. I just I'm really struggling with this one. Like I, I think I'm gonna say over, but I, I'm not super confident. Like they're still clearly not a great team, but they might be just good enough. You know, I don't know. I, 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 I this is probably a stay away for me, but I would say over. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I don't feel super strongly one way or the other. I will say that if if you're giving them three wins against the Bills and the and the Dolphins. Like, you haven't watched enough Jet football over the years. Like, <laughs> even when this team is good, <laughs> they split with those teams. So I, I really doubt that they would win three games against them this year. Yeah, but they do, uh, they do also sometimes get a squeaker against New England. So They play New England tough. They do you. play New England tough. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, let's talk Bills. Bills Mafia. Also at six. Bills Mafia, come get me. <laughs> Plus 120 on the over. Minus 140 on the under. I mean, say what you want to say, Matt, and then I will say what I want to say. I don't think any of it will be good. <laughs> I want to bet on, like, the amount of alcohol consumed in the pregame uh, parking lot because I think this team is is due for a wake-up call. Like, you know, I just made a joke about how they made the playoffs this year, and somehow, like, they took the best quarterback that they've had since... I don't know, Jim Kelly? <laughs> is that too aggressive to say on Tyrod? But No, they that took, is correct. They took him and ran him out of town. Uh, they brought in Josh Allen, who like, I think everybody is, is low on. Um, you know, his completion rate in the preseason was sub-60%, just like it has been at every other stop of football that he's played yeah. in his entire life. Huge, huge shocker that a guy that couldn't complete 50 percent of his passes in community college is struggling in the nfl huge community huge, college. huge big surprise he didn't do it in high school i thought either so like yeah <laughs> you know and if you're not going with him you've got nathan peterman and aj mccarron like that's probably the worst qb situation in the league like i know i made fun of Tannehill, i've made fun of some other guys but that is a real crap factor of guys right there um and is the rest of the team good enough to overcome that kind of play uh i don't think so especially if lashawn mccoy is in jail for, for whatever he did in the offseason like that's the real wild card right like what well, he could end up in jail he could end up on the commissioner's list who knows with him uh so yeah i i think that this for sure is an under yeah i mean the the bills are terrible like if, if you are a bills fan and you genuinely think that the bills are good I need you to like send me a series of tweets proving why that's true because I just don't see how that's possible. Like, yeah, they made the playoffs last year. Big whoop. Like you squeaked in. You were the luckiest team in all of football last year with 2.97 wins over expectation. So let's just call it three wins. Oh, baby. You should have won six games last year. You won nine. So good for you. The defense <laughs> overrated 
I mean, they're 12th. They were 12th in past DVOA last year, 30th against a run. Like, that's average, maybe even below average. It's not great. Not a ton of additions on that side of the ball that make me feel like they're all, all of a sudden going to be a great defense. And the offense is the worst offense in the entire league. I mean, it, like you said, we don't really know what's going to happen with Shady. If he ends up on the, the commissioner's list and, and, and like doesn't play, like the team, the team may not get like a first down the whole like first month of the year. Like they're terrible. <laughs> they're so bad. Like whatever, like you expect from like the worst team in football normally in terms of offense, just like take 80% of that. And that's what the bills will do. Cause they just don't have any good players. Like, listen, I think Corey Coleman's like was a good prospect, but he's done nothing. And playing with these quarterbacks probably isn't going to all of a sudden make him a star. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin stinks. The backup running back is Chris Ivory. He's like, okay, but I mean, again, it's like not really a huge, a huge important, a hugely important position. Uh, uh, the quarterback is, and it's terrible. You mentioned Allen, McCarron, Peterman, all very bad, or at least all like average at best at this point. Like even if, even if Allen like long-term ends up being good, like he certainly won't be good this year. Uh, and like I said, in the last show, rookie quarterbacks are 70 and 156 over the last five seasons. That would prorate to five wins in a single season. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that Allen is on the uh, lower end of that scale in terms of QB quality. So uh, this is this is the lockiest of locks, I feel like, under. Man, that was, that was a long, well-thought-out argument against the Bills. I, I like Salty Anthony. Salty Anthony is one of the best Anthonys. You know, like, you're just feisty today. You're going after the Bills. You're going after Jules on Twitter. You're going after lawyers. <laughs> I love it. I love feisty Anthony. Sometimes you got to just, you know, keep it 100. That's what, that's what Raph has taught me. Uh, the Browns, uh, not surprising since they didn't win a game last year. They are at five and a half. They are the projected worst team in the whole league. They have hard knocks fame. Over is minus 145. Under plus 125. I mean, Cleveland, for, for all the lack of success that they've had, They've they seem to be like a pretty a pretty big public team right now. Public loves them. What do you think? Well, yeah. What what do you think of this? I, I'm pretty sure that the public has gotten more Cleveland Browns over bets than any other team in the league. Um, is that a real thing? I, I'm pretty sure that's true. It's like either them or the Giants. But wow. yeah, the public loves them. Bless them, right? You know, they're trying to bless the Browns. <laughs> um, I, I'm fa- I, I'm all about fading the the trendy teams. And as long as Hugh Jackson is still the coach, I think that going yes. under 5.5 is fine here. Um, they play in a tough division. There already is fighting between Jackson and Greg Williams, you know, for doing Greg Williams also things. also stinks. <laughs> um, the, the, what makes them interesting is that, like, if Baker starts, even if Tyrod starts, like, their offense has the potential to be good. And they do have the pieces on defense. I just, th- this really is all on the coaching staff for me. I'm fading the coaching staff. Uh, I think even going from like zero to five wins would be a step up. You know, that's a five win improvement from last season. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I think it's more likely that Jackson is the first coach fired than this team wins like eight games this season. Well, so let me, so let me ask you that actually. I'll, I'll get to my Browns thoughts in a second but like if they do fire jackson 
does that change your opinion on their ability to win to win games? Uh, it depends on what they do. Like if fire stuff. Yeah. Right. Cause then it probably means that Haley becomes the head coach, which, you know, that, that doesn't really provide much more confidence in my opinion, but no, like, and, and also I don't know why they would bring him back after going one and 31 over the previous two seasons just to jettison him early. Like I I know I said that I think that it's more likely that he gets fired than they win eight games, but that's just because I don't think they're going to win eight games. So, uh, I think their win total is honestly up to six and a half at certain places. So if you like the Browns over, wow, bet it at my bookie. But, uh, I personally am, am going to take the under here. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'm going to hammer the coach here. Like they've won one game over the last two years, but they've been expected to win more than that. Like their Pythagorean wins, um, their Pythagorean win total last year was like about three games, and their Pythagorean win total in 2016 was about three games. So like, like Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson, and or bad luck, basically resulting in like a five win, like a loss of four or five wins for for the Browns over the last two years. I find it really hard to believe that like this is the year Hugh Jackson becomes a good coach. Uh, I don't really think that that's a thing that happens. Um, I agree with you that the pieces are there. I love the offense. Like I'm buying a ton of the offense in fantasy. I think the receivers are good. I think Duke Johnson's really good. The quarterbacks are good. So all that is good. But like the guy pushing the buttons, like if we're playing each other in Madden, well, maybe not you and me, but like if if I'm playing someone in Madden and they are like using the Patriots, you know, they still got to push their own buttons. So if the guy pushing the button stinks, they're still going to lose. Yeah, you wouldn't want to play me if I had the Patriots. I'd dust you, kid. Yeah, you uh, you are very good with the passing. My my Madden game has not evolved well because the I was really all ground game. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like that's your your philosophy in real football is you just want to air it out like crazy. But you're a Madden runner. I, I just love, throw too many picks. <laughs> I just go shotgun and go basically no huddle the whole game. i mean the browns should do that that'd be a lot of fun they'd be good but Uh, yeah like i the coaching for me is just a huge tremendous big fat l uh jackson stinks i think haley might be good but he's not like a guy that you necessarily think is a leader um and greg williams is like not just the worst but like the absolute nut worst um I'm not sure. Like, I hope that the safety is playing within 30 yards of the line of scrimmage this year. I don't know. Um, but like, regardless, like this team just gets crushed. They blitz a ton, which is not like, you know, it's good to blitz in certain situations, but if you just blitz all the time, you usually get exposed, and that's what's happened. So, right, especially when their best player is a pass rusher. You know, like right, exactly, <laughs> right. Like you built the line, just rush with four. Ugh. Unbelievable to me you said this is at six and a half i might have to go to i mean all loyalty to my bookie of course but i may have to go to one of these other places and bet under at six and a half like that's that's absurd i think yeah the uh the action network piece has their over under listed as uh let me just confirm it here oh no five and a half sorry um i i think it has maybe moved to six in certain places but people love the browns for some reason i don't know why I mean, is there a hard knocks? Like, I, I'm maybe you guys have written about this at tan, but like, is there like a hard knocks bump? 
Like, we've, I don't get... We have written about it uh, for preseason lines. Like, the preseason lines for the Hard Knocks teams are definitely inflated. But as far as season win totals, that I am not sure of. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. Uh, but big under. Let's get to something that, you know, the listeners can bank on, Matt. The book it, my bookie picks of the week. Who are we betting on this week? I've changed my mind. I initially wrote I down the Texans. Uh, I know that the Action Network has that as a strong bet, the over. Um, I also really like the Patriots over and the Broncos over. But my my bookie pick of the week is going to be the Ravens over 8 minus 145. For all the reasons nice. I listed earlier. Just some better health and better quarterback play this season could make this team, you know, like a 10-11 win unit. So I like getting them at eight, at an 8 win total. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I'm going to go with two unders here. I'm like such a Scrooge. I love betting unders. No, nah, honestly, under, that's the way to totals. do it. Overs are, overs are the, the, um, the square move. And I guess on these, you could call me a square, <laughs> but, um, no, I took, I, I took an over in the last show. It's just fun but, uh, to see a team that you like and want to bet the over on them. Oh, it will. I mean, listen, I'm not going to be a lot of fun at parties betting the unders you know like no one roots for missed shots more than me <laughs> uh but i like the raiders under like i said before under eight minus 135 and uh the dolphins under at even money which i think is just great uh i like both of those i'm i'm okay with rooting for bad teams to be bad and uh that's how i feel so bet those i agree those are my two favorite unders that we did today as well look at that so that's going to do it for this edition of laying the points brought to you of course by my bookie Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And get that deposit bonus on my bookie for using promo code laying the points. From Matt Lamarca, I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor. September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub, drink, and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub, salad, or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub, drink, and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub, salad, or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.